This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to a very special edition of TFL Talk. I'm here at the 2023 New York International Auto Show. And you probably expected Roman or Tommy or Nathan, and you're not getting any of those guys. You're getting me. But better than that, I have my friend Motorman. Motorman? Andre. Hey, dude. Welcome to my hometown. Glad you, you could you've be here. lived here for many years. Well, I lived here most of my life, actually. I was born here, went to high school on the Upper West Side. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, I'm, sir. This is your stomping ground. This is my stomping We'll go for pizza later. <laughs> okay. So, how about this? So, we did this uh, from previous auto shows. You and Roman did Chicago, for example. Yes, sir. Uh, but I, in this, on this episode of our podcast, I want to kind of see what's the newest and the coolest and the most awesome stuff in the car world in New York. I also have some surprises that may not be the newest, but we'll save that for later. Okay, so stay tuned. At the end of this podcast, we'll see some, shall we say classic metal? I don't know if classic is the right term. I'd say it's more in between. Okay. Yes. So can we start here with the Genesis booth? You know all about this one. Yes, so I was actually fortunate enough, I actually went to the world debut of this concept. And you know, Genesis decided to surprise us because before this unveiling, uh, what we're seeing here is the GV80 coupe concept. So from the C pillar forward, it looks like a GV80 to me. Yes. With very cool wheels. Uh, but in the in the rear, so let's walk around here. It's a whole different animal. Uh, but but this this type of style is not uh, this type of vehicle is not new in the not industry. New. It was invented by BMW with the X6. Yes. Uh, but now, I mean, everybody's doing it. You know, Mercedes has something, Audi, and now Genesis has something as well. It's a very simple business equation. When you think about what a new car costs to make, it is $3 billion, whether it's a Porsche or uh, a crossover that sells 250,000 units. So if you make all the investment for just the regular SUV, think about by adding this design change, you probably sell another 30% of cars. Yeah, and you know people get excited because a lot of people like that sportier style, right? Um, so here's a couple of things. They surprised us with it. They said the concept is coming. They said it was going to have four wheels, and it does. But that's what they honestly told you. Yes, but what do you think about the styling? People, people kind of like this design here. So this is where I get into the the whys and wherefores of what this is. If you think about it. This is an SUV or a crossover CUV. And what you're doing with these things is technically you're taking the U out of the equation, meaning there's less utility. But I had to think about this many years because I never understood these. And when I realized people that used to buy D-segment cars, like Toyota Avalons or like Lexus ESs. Big ones. They, yeah. They're like, we want to do an SUV, but we don't like the bulkiness. So they all went to this, and that's why these things are so popular. And this one, everybody expected an electric concept. It's not. Surprising from them. It's got exhaust pipes. 
and Big it's ones. got a V6. And it's got a large, well, we don't know what it's got. Well, this a I mean, GV80 is on offer with the V6. They've got a four-cylinder. The V6 is fantastic in this. I have to say, from a design perspective, to me, this looks very much like the GLE 63 Coupe. But I think they've done a really good job with the taillight treatment here. Notice it wraps around the car. It's not broken at all. And that design theme is married to the front of the car, even going to the dash to axle ratio here in the fender. So this, this was introduced, this theme was introduced in the Genesis X concept. That was in the depths of the virus. Um, a saying yip, he brought the car over to LA in 2021, and now it's on all their cars. I, I love it. And by the way, you know, uh, the chief of design at Genesis, Luke. Luke. Yes. Proper Porsche guy. He, I, a big I was, fan of yours. I was entering the, uh, you know, the um, Genesis house where they were on the railings, and he recognized me. I couldn't, I couldn't believe star. it. I couldn't believe it. In the truck world, you are the man. You're the Robert he, Redford. He said he was interested in some truck stuff and off-roading, and so he was really into it. So that, that was amazing. Does he have trucks? Yes. What I don't he know have? if I can say that. He, he told me what he owns. What does he own? An F-150 Shelby Raptor. That's him. That, this, a I, Shelby Raptor. That, this man loves speed. Like This man has a Porsche collection second to none and all the good stuff. So having a, that truck doesn't surprise me. So they're saying this is going to go into production and it's kind of a no-brainer. It's a concept here, yeah. but it's going to be in the production. This is concept in the terms like Honda and Acura do concept cars. They show you something with fancier wheels, but then it comes to production almost identical. And look at the wheels. Tell us a little bit about the 23s, wheels. 23s, dude. That, and they're, they're crazy. They're, they're kind of simple, right? It's yeah. not like over-designed in my opinion, but really great looking. I not only love the size of the wheels, but two other details about it. Notice the depth of the wheel. It's almost, it's not a deep dish in the, in the traditional sense of deep dish, but you can see the depth in the wheel. And then they bring that design theme that we talked about the lights it's repeated in the wheel yes and the, you, the color is called magma but should we uh, keep going we should yeah we should L now you uh, you wanted to give back yes you wanted to give back you know it's a lot it's a lot of about you know supporting others right especially a and big star like you in the off-road world <laughs> you're giving me maybe too much credit but let's let's walk the show and see what else is here. Um, of course, Hyundai booth is, is here next. Oh, can I do a shameless plug? Yes. So uh, I am a world car juror. Yes. And New York Auto Show is where we award the world car awards. So we have world car of the year, world design of the year, world luxury car, world performance car, world city car. This swept the awards. It won world design. Uh, it won world electric, and it won world car of the year. And also, the person responsible for this design won Sang the person Yip. of the year. Yep, Sang Yip. Yes. Great guy. I, I, again, shameless plug. I, I did an interview with him, which will be live in a couple of weeks. Ionic 6. Ionic 6. So Ionic this is 6. the Ionic 5. It's the eGMP platform, so it's got the 77.4 kilowatt hour battery. It's got, it's on offer rear wheel drive or all wheel drive. And then the car is, it's a car now instead of a crossover. So the way this drives, it's got much more composure over the Ionic 5. I personally like the Ionic 5 better in design. All right, well, um, you know, everybody has, it's subjective, right? What do you I think mean, between the two, I, which, would you, which do you like? I, I love, I'm more of a hatch guy. So let me show you a hatchback that I like. And it's over here. Um, 
So this is also kind of special. You're talking about giving back a little bit, right? Yes, sir. And the Hyundai is doing this in a big way. Uh, they've been doing, uh, they've been supporting um, Hope on Wheels program, they call it, uh, for 25 years. This is the 25th year. And they're going big this year. And I just wanted to kind of give them some props for this. Uh, they're donating up to $25 million to support childhood pediatric cancer research. That's awesome. So I love when they do stuff like that. This is, uh, so I told you I am from this city. My mother worked at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center for many years, and it's probably one of the most, that does a significant amount of cancer research. So the fact that these guys are giving back to organizations like this is just fantastic. But significant way, 25 million. That's it's, a it's, huge, that's a and huge. And over, over this period, it's 225 million overall. Yeah. So that's a huge number. This region here is more impacted by cancer than some others. That's the high rates of cancer on Long Island. Should we, do, uh, should we talk briefly about the Kona? Because yeah. it's new and it's here. You know, okay. they made a debut with it. So the new updated Kona is here. So, in your mind, would you call this updated or a heavy refresh or a totally new car? What would you call it? I would it? call it a refresh. That's what uh, it looks a, like a to me. A refresh. Yeah, let's... How I, about this one? Yeah, but, but Kona, I mean, they have a full range of the car, right? They've got the hybrid, the EV. And that's about it, right? But, but, but the styling, dude, I love what they're doing. I love this LED line that's now this is, in the It's in definitely the front. polarizing. I actually like the way it looks. It's got that like RoboCop look to it, and it <laughs> works well on this car. But I think the big reason why they do this, this is just me uh, kind of reading the tea leaves, this is a great way for them to differentiate from the, 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 the Kia. Because if you look at the Seltos, it looks more chunky. Even the updated version that they have, which you and I are going to drive in yeah. a couple of weeks. But this, it's much. It's a more techno look. It's a totally different car, even though it's the same platform as the Seltos. And look, this one's got some sporty style here. It's got a really nice roof spoiler on, on, on the top This is of it. the N. So now there is a lot of debate. Uh, no, excuse me, this is the N line. I'm sorry, yes. this is the N line. 1.6 so turbo. Significant debate within Hyundai. This is, let's just say this is me interpreting what I'm seeing within Hyundai of whether they continue with the Kona N. Because the Kona N, it's this, it's this ridiculous thing that makes no sense. It's stupid, it's unpolished, but it's so fun to drive. But the question is, who's going to buy a $35,000, $38,000, almost 300 horsepower, effectively tall, hot hatch? Actually, that's a good question for your audience. Yes. Is that a vehicle you guys, forget about whether you would want it. Would you actually write a check for it? Because they're not really selling. A tallish hot hatch. Tall, yeah. which is what yeah. this is. Yeah, yeah, which is what. The, that's a great question. Great question. So uh, this this kind of made its debut here in New York. So it's very prominent here. Now take show them, uh, Zach. Show them the back of the non-spoiler car. Notice the organic shape that they've put in here. It's not just the shape is more rounded in something that looks, I'd say, a little tall and boxy. But notice they've got this satin finish on this band, this trim that goes all the way under the daylight opening. That's a neat touch you wouldn't expect in a car that's supposed to be somewhat affordable. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Genesis, Hyundai, and Kia are good at this. Uh, you know, they're playing with different styling elements and making, always adding value, yeah. right? There's a lot of value in this car. 
I gotta tell you that now that I'm seeing this thing in person, I saw I saw the pictures of it. Yeah. I know Roman went over to like Berlin or something like that to check this thing out. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, here we are in New York. Uh, the you look at the Celtos and you look at this. I gotta tell you, I think I like this one better in design. Hmm, well, let's check out the Celtos okay. in the minute. In the minute. Um, by the way, Hyundai, check this out. They have the uh, Ionic sixes running around here on the track. You know, seeing a car in motion kind of changes my perception of it. I would agree. This is um, one of the upsides of of auto shows kind of getting smaller. There's room for a test track. Yeah. So I think now that I see it in motion, I'm actually liking it more and more and more. Isn't it a little nauseating? It is. You can okay. see that she was looking to torture the people in that car. She had that devious look on her face. Yes. Maybe we should send you, and, and you that, out with her. And that person was smiling, but it could be nauseating. <laughs> okay. Let's keep moving. Okay, so we're going to go to Kia now. We have yes. a couple of things to show them at Kia, some big news. Yeah. And I want to give a shout out. Um, you might be wondering why are we not talking about trucks? That's right? a very good point. Well, because we ha also have a truck podcast, and that's a separate thing. Yeah. And um, it's already published. So you can check out oldtfl.com for truck um, podcast. And there's a Ram electric truck over there. So you already did a tour of the truck? Yes, I did. Just a, a quick, I want to ask your opinion on that. Ram has come out with some crazy big battery in that thing and promising like 500 miles of range. Do you think they're actually going to hit it? I think so. This music is really loud. Music let's is let's very move loud. this way. Yeah. Um, so their battery, their large battery in the Ram EV is 229 kilowatt hours, which is bigger than the Hummer, right? Okay, to give you um, an idea, a Lucid, which currently has the most range of these cars, the best one is 516 miles of range. That's 122 kilowatt hours. Yes, but a Lucid is also not, you know, a high and that big and Still. will tow, will it tow 14,000 pounds? No, but it's so, fast. Yes. Zero to um, two seconds. In the so I did the calculation, 500 miles divided by 229. Yeah. It's approximately 2.1 miles per kilowatt hour, which is actually a reasonable thing. That's reasonable. To yeah. expect from a truck. Because what do you get? You're getting three now, right? Some of the trucks well, it have? depends. Uh, you know, we had a lot of questions from the audience. So let me come down here. Um, a lot of questions from the audience saying, well, what about towing? What's the range of towing? Well, they don't state that. Mm -hmm. The range they're stating is a truck, maybe a little bit of payload, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the EPA kind of estimate. In reality, you are the expert of electric towing because you've actually tested we, it. We and have. Your results came in, back really interesting. In the Lightning, we've towed with a Hummer EV. We've towed with the Rivian pickup trucks yeah. and SUVs, so we did all that. And of course, efficiency goes down at least half, sometimes a little bit more, depending on your usage. So That doesn't so surprise me at all. Let's uh, EV, check out the EV9. EV9. Let's do EV9. Wow. You know what? I really like this design. What about you? So I have uh, to admit, I, I think this is a beautiful design. They've done a couple of things here. Oh, we're, we're shooting. The Moto Week, see this? The Moto Week crew is trying to jump into our shot. This is Dave. I was here first. This I'm, is the guy, he's a diva because he we, got to drive the the Dakar 911 right, right, in yeah, Dakar, yeah, yeah. so he doesn't slum with us, right. uh, us bums oh. here. Yeah, thank you. But, but we're not on stage, we're not on stage. We're, be we're beyond yeah. the stage here. Because he's royalty. He's not John Davis, but he's royalty. I'm his, yeah. yeah. Okay. Prince <laughs> 
Are you Harry or what? Yeah, I'm gonna start calling you Harry. <laughs> okay, so let's get back to design. Let's go behind the car so, okay. so, so he doesn't yell yeah. at us again. Oh my God, it's Craig Cole. Watch out. Oh Craig my goodness. Cole. So let's talk a little bit about the design here. Oh yes. So you look at this thing and they decided to go with this boxy, chunky look, which obviously worked very well on the Telluride, but there's an interesting trick going on here. You look at this thing in pictures, like you guys will look at this in video, hopefully Zach can come back out and show you the whole vehicle. It looks, actually close the doors so they can see the size of the vehicle. I, I'm afraid. If Dave can close the doors, you can close the doors. Remember, Luke is your biggest fan. Luke doesn't even know who he is. So you look at this thing and you think it's bigger than a Telluride, but then you see it in person, it actually looks smaller than a Telluride, but in reality, it's significantly longer. The wheelbase is seven inches longer, so that's where you package people and dogs. Mm -hmm. So this has the wheelbase, believe it or not, Andre, of a Mercedes-Benz S-Class. I believe it, and it kind of, you know, here in person, I can kind of see that. Um, I, I said in this yesterday when they were first unveiling this. Yeah. Um, it's quite comfortable. Um, they have the swivel seat design. This one doesn't have it. The U.S. is not going to get it, and the what? reason why, yeah, the U.S. is not getting. So in the U. in the, in Europe, you'll be able to swivel the seats around and sideways look, or like yeah. the Volkswagen or, back in yeah. the day. But unfortunately, we have a thing in the U.S. called lawyers, and they said no. Because it's like, it's not as safe as it could be or something? Like a, an amoeba could sue you if it goes the wrong way. That's my guess, but I have been told- You know, we still, we still lawyer. cannot use cameras for mirrors. We still don't have like laser that, headlights. Yeah. What, what is up with we you? Live in, we live in a backwater country. Yes, okay. So then take a look at some of the design pieces. Notice the daylight opening. Zach, show them that, uh, that D pillar there. It's not so much a D pillar as it's like a triangle coming up from the body side, it's really stunning and very different in the way they've designed this car. And this was indeed designed here in California. Um, granted, some of the wheel choices I think are a bit strange for me. Uh, then we should probably try to get, you wanna get in there and show them the interior? Uh, yeah, maybe we can do this here on this yellow car. I mean, did I call it yellow? You called it yellow. It's, it's this not is yellow. A, it's I, like I'm, a matte off-white. It's, yeah. it's gray silver. Okay. This is one of my fellow world car jurors, Magic. He came all the way from Poland. Po yes. Poland. Yes. yes. This guy. Hi. This guy. He, he he does all the cool uh, GR Yaris and all the cool reviews in Europe. So definitely check out Magic. Thank you. That was yeah. very nice of you. Well, you're a good I man. I owe you some money or yes, something. Yes. Give me some money. <laughs> but I want I want euros, pounds, or dollars. Well. I can't print them yet. Okay, then how, about, how about shekels? <laughs> Let's show them the inside. Yes. That's incredible. You find the Kia so. So notice some it of the details of the luxurious. seat. They've got, like in the Ionic 5, they've got the leg rest. And the idea is when you're charging, you'll be able to put the seat back a bit more. And it tilts it more than you would could tilt it when you're driving down the road. Oh, when you're stationary. Exactly, when uh -huh. you're stationary. That's what it does in the Ionic 5. Mm -hmm. Now, this is one of the benefits of having the extra seven inches in the wheelbase. You have more space to do this. That's why they did the swivel seats. Here's my question. Why doesn't why doesn't the truck have that feature? I mean, Ram interiors are very nice. I would agree. Why doesn't hey, it? Hey, maybe we should talk. Uh, talk I will to talk Ralph. to uh, Ryan Nagodi at Ram. Yeah, you should. And I, I should um, tell him about this. Did you see who was floating around yesterday? No. Uh, Ralph Shield brought his boss, like his big boss. He brought here? Carlos Tavares here, and he was showing Carlos around. And 
they spent a lot of time in the Hyundai booth. Wow, yeah. that is something. Yeah. Um, you want to show them the, the, the back there? Yeah. Look at this, wow. Electric seats in the back in a Kia. Now, okay, let's take, let's put a question out to the audience. Yeah. What do they think the cost of this vehicle is gonna be at retail? Because uh, we don't have the final number. We don't have yet. final numbers. I'll give them a, gu a little bit of a guideline. Yeah. I'm guessing the, the first number will be a five, but that second number is gonna be a nine. And you I think, think that's high. Oh God, yeah. And I think that well, one over there, that's the fancy one. That one is going to be up to 80 grand. But here's and I'll the thing. Tell you why. But they have various versions. They have yep. a two-wheel drive version, right, yep. and an all-wheel drive version. So, like you said, there will be a range, right? There will be a range they, they, of pricing. They, they, and they'll also have two different batteries. So there's going to be like a 72 kilowatt hour battery. That's the standard. And they're going to have a 99 kilowatt hour battery. The interesting thing about that, they don't change the interior accommodations. The same platform, small battery or big battery. All right, uh, Motorman, so now it's about time for us to take a small break. Pay the bills? So yes, a small break, but also we will transport ourselves maybe to the um, Seltos and also some really expensive machinery. The stuff you like. Yes. Okay. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Snap, and we're back. Like that. And now this is the Kia Seltos, the 2024. Very different from the EV9 but also very different from the Kona, I would say. Yes, it still has, it looks a lot like the car it is, is updating. So this gives you an idea that the platform really hasn't changed that much. But I gotta say that this, they've put a lot of distance between the two cars now. They look entirely different. Well, let's just take a quick peek at the uh, interior. I'm gonna use my fancy light. So one of the big things they've changed here is obviously the interior. They've picked up the new design motif on the interior from the EV6, which is the single screen. Technically, it's two screens behind one piece of glass. But it looks almost seamless, it right? It looks seamless, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you look into it, you can see the two different screens in there. Yeah. So that's now going to be the standard interior. And then they've changed a little bit in the front, but more in the back. The light signature in the back has changed. They've also changed the transmission, so this one now it's got a, a torque converter instead of a dual clutch in the automatic. Okay, and they've kind of offered the choice of both for a while, right? Yeah, remember they had the basic one that had the torque converter and then they had the one with a dual clutch. They don't do the dual clutch anymore on this. So the light signature is different here than the previous well, one. Well, you know, I think it looks good. Which one would I like better, Kona or this? Gosh, I'm kind of a little bit more here. Maybe oh, really? a little bit more boxy. For what do you what do you think? So I'm still I like I like that weirdo, RoboCop like Detroit 1980s era look of the okay. Kona. I think it's really interesting. Have I you guess. seen? And this is I'll throw this out to the audience as well. Have you seen the spy shots of the new Santa Fe? Yes. Pretty cool, huh? Well, it, doesn't it kind of look a little bit EV9 ish? Or it no? Looks, no, it's well, it's it's squared off it's and really that's EV9. But it looks like a cross between a Forerunner 
and a Land Rover. And it, yes. I mean that only in the best possible Speaking way. of squarish things, yes, sir. Um, there's a Grand Wagoneer, of course. I mean, it's not updated here. Yeah. But what is updated is uh, this. And we have a full video about the new Wranglers. Uh, just so, give, us, give us the high points. So uh, it's kind of a refresh, facelift. They changed the grill, they changed the interior, they gave it a bigger screen. The Rubicon has a new fully floating rear axle, more towing up to 5,000 pounds. But the engines remain the same. That's a big change. Yeah, it used to be 3,500 pounds. Yeah. And now because of they changed the axles on the Rubicons, it tows more. And I think they're feeling pressure from the Bronco. Obviously, I was just going to ask you, yeah. is that Bronco related? The I other think thing so. isn't, I think so. we know Mazda has switched to an inline six, which if you guys haven't seen the video, that car is incredible. The new yes. Mazda CX-9 yeah, drives incredible. Zach was over there with Case. Uh, you, you, yeah, I was there you, as well. You, did that. you were, were different waves. But have you, aren't these guys going to an inline six as well? Well, the Grand Wagoneers are. They are? Yes. So when are they doing it? Right now. This Grand Wagoneer has a straight six, uh, two turbos, Yeah. Hurricane, three liter, with up to, it, it's almost 500 horsepower. I mean, they're, they're I gotta insane. Tell you, I love this Renaissance back to, back to inline sixes. Yeah. It's the most natural power plant, smoothest and best delivery of power and torque in an internal combustion engine. You know, BMWs had inline sixes They've for- They've kept them for years. Yes. They practically I, I, invented it. Yeah, <laughs> practically. I, I, they I love did, that, but I love that too. All right, so we're Are they gonna put by... that inline six in the Wrangler? I don't think so. I don't know if, I don't think it's a mid-size platform. Why wouldn't they? That would be a but great what about there. the Ram truck? Absolutely. Because the Grand Wagoneer shares a lot with the Ram truck. Yeah. But it's not in the Ram yet. It's not yet. So, we're going to bypass Subaru, right? Yes, we're okay. bypassing Subaru. Did you uh, want to show them the Atlas Peak? Yeah, let's take a small peak. Very peak. Very quick peak. Yeah. Uh, because we have a little bit more extended peak okay. as a separate video. But let's, because it's a new okay. trend. This guy's been busy here. How many videos did you do here? I don't know, six or so. Oh, you were slacking. Yeah, I know. Tell Roman that normally, you were Normally on it the should job. be 12. It should. Uh, no, if Roman so, was here, it'd be 15. So the thing with a new 2024 VW Atlas Peak Edition, it's a trend in the industry, right? Yes. It's following on that rugged three-row SUV trend. Well, isn't it the Subaru Outback trend? Is that what it is? No, it's like the um, Ford Explorer Timberline. Yes. It's the Kia X-Pro, right? Uh, and now VW, the new Atlas, has their kind of a rugged, off-roady uh, version. What do you think of it? You're the expert on this stuff. I like the uh, more masculine, more off-roady look on this. Gosh, Toyota is having some really loud uh, performance. They always do this here. At this show, they always have this Toyota live show. Okay. I don't know what it is about New York, man. They get people excited at this on You know, show. I, I love New York City. It's the You know, my sister lives here. Uh, I just love the energy here. It's a special place. Yeah. It's a love it or hate it kind of place. Obviously, I grew up here. I still love it. I'm fancy seeing cars. some fancy metal, my friend. Okay, we're going to have to get in there because there's a lot of different things we have to talk about. We've got everything from a Rolls Royce to yes. a Koenigsegg, and I think we should pick at least three or four of those cars. We even have a special Lamborghini. Why don't we go to the special Lamborghini? We'll start there.
Yeah, because you know what? I actually was fortunate enough. I, I saw the new Revuelto. The I new, saw your video. I'm yes. jealous. Um, and I was very lucky. And but this is the. Um, I'll probably mispronounce this. The Storato. Yeah, I'm going to mispronounce it as well, but it is the Storato. I call it the Lamborghini Dakar. So what this yeah. is, is the same concept as the 911 Dakar. And what they're doing is they're making, they're taking a, uh, the 10-cylinder that we have in the Uracan, and they're making a last final run of Uracans with that 10-cylinder engine, so it's still got the 600 horsepower, mm -hmm. but the big difference here is in, it's got three inches more of ground clearance, and then they add all of the cladding, Sorry. the, the, the LED you. fog lamps, a different interior, different wheels, different tires, and then the key point about this car, yes, it's going to be the last naturally aspirated Uticon, but most importantly, they're only going to make 1,499 of these. Yeah, and you know what? This almost looks Mad Max-ish crossing totally. with Robocop. You know, something. Totally. there's something going on here. Fascinating uh, comparison on this one. So the Dakar is about $220,000, $230,000 in retail price and 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds. You want to guess what this is going to cost? Oh, it's the same. The same, and what's the 0 to 60? Is it the same? The same. <laughs> Are they competing or not? Yeah. No. Do you want something Italian or do you want something German? Me personally, I would want the I'd, I'd want the German. Yeah, so let's go this way really quick. Let's see if can we, we can get in here. Get in for just a minute? Yeah. So can we uh, film in there? Okay. Well, we're gonna see if we can get some access here. We didn't clear our access. Let's start with this. Well, uh, we can see inside the. Uh, so this. this is the Jamera, the Koenigsegg Jamera, and what that is is a very fancy hybrid. It's got uh, a gas motor and it's got a uh, three electric motors we in just it. Wanted to show and some what cars. they do? Why don't you come around yeah, the front? Through. So they've got a three-cylinder gas motor in the front, driving the front wheels, and then there's three electric motors. This combines, this is where we get into like ridiculous kind of crazy numbers on this car. This combines to 1,700 horsepower or 2,548 pounds of torque. This is supposed to go to zero to 60 in less than two seconds. Um, but really these, Koenigsegg is more about the way it's built, the story of Christian von Koenigsegg and how he brought these things to life. So this is like their next version of their cars, but they're doing it in a way that it's not just, hey, let's do a hybrid. This is, let's do something different. Like those numbers I quoted you, that's using E85 fuel. Think about that. Ethanol. Yeah. And like, I was just going to mention a, co um, a comment about New York City Auto Show and also like Geneva, traditionally. Yeah. Because this is the type of car you would usually see in Geneva. Very much so. But but I, I haven't seen it in person until now, and I'm kind of blown away the, by it. The proportions are incredible. I'm blown away. I think images or video does, do not give it justice. No. You have to um, see this car in person. If you guys are at like a, a local Cars and Coffee, there's... So Koenigsegg does have one here in the U.S. They float it around different parts of the U.S. and they, they, they do bring it to Cars and Coffee. Because you have to understand, 
the daylight opening. That's that's the the the, the glass uh, area of the outside of the car. And what they do here is they've got the daylight opening is one door. Yeah, let's, that's insane. Let's go it's this insane. Because we're not did did, did were we granted access? Or uh, did you guys say no? No, because um, some of the other guys are not here yet. Um, but I, I wanted, I wanted to ask to you here. about this car. This is fantastic. So there is a debate on how to pronounce it. I am not Croatian. I don't, I do not speak the language. It's Rimac, I would say in English. Yeah, Rimac. But it, most people would say Rimac. Okay, so now, that's more kind of European pronunciation of it. From what I understand, okay. don't beat me up in the comments about this. I speak English, I speak German, I do not I do not want to butcher this man's name because I have a huge amount of respect for this gentleman. Yes. He literally started the guy the guy is an engineer. He started by building an electric e, uh, uh, three series. He went racing with it and literally beat so everybody. Converted the three series. Converted the yeah. three series and went racing and won. And that's how he built his name. And he basically said, why don't I make a whole car? He, I'm, 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 I'm super condensing the story. He went out and got investment, and they ended up getting investment to make Rimac. And what they've done now is they've created a company that really does two things. They make whole performance cars, and they sell the technology to other OEMs. But in the process, he grew in such stature in the EV world that the Volkswagen Group acquired half of his company and put him in charge of Bugatti. And how many years? And the guy is like two years old. <laughs> he's, he's very young, he's not two. He's like 32. Yes, and it's all in the span of what? Like just several years, About right? About 10 years, Yeah. about 10 years. So this car here, this is their latest, the Nevera. This is an all-electric car. And again, like the, um, like the Gemera, crazy numbers on this one. So this is 1,700 horsepower and it is uh, 1,914 pounds of torque and zero to 60 in 1.97 seconds. So just like your Bronco Raptor R. No, not quite. It's not quite the same. Um, yeah, the, these are amazing cars. And here at the show, you could see them together. Yes. This is one of and the- And then we get a Lotus. This is the Lotus Emira. So Lotus, I have a love-hate relationship. I used to love Lotus. Yeah. I've owned two of them. I literally moved to another country so I could buy one and go on tracks in Europe. Uh, this is the latest. This is the Emira. This is going to be their last uh, internal combustion engine car, according to the company. And this is on offer with two different power plants. Okay. So uh, you probably heard the news. These are owned by, or Lotus is owned by Geely. So okay. it's under the whole Geely Volvo uh, umbrella mm -hmm. and what they've done is they've created a partnership with uh, AMG in addition to the partnership they already had with Toyota so there is an engine that is the base engine which is a four-cylinder from AMG so like in the GLA 45 okay. that engine here only on offer with a dual clutch transmission then they have the 3.5 V6 that they had in the Evora. That's available with an automatic and a manual. So yes, you can still get this in a manual transmission. I would love feedback from the audience. What do they think of the design of this? Yeah, and you know, I, can I give you my impression after seeing Please. the Koenigsegg, the Rimac, and Lotus here at the same time? Yeah. Uh, I, I, the Koenigsegg, Gamera, right? Jamera. Uh, Jamera. That's, it, I think it's the most impressive. It's kind of the largest, it has presence. The second, I would say the Lotus for me. Yeah. 
and the third is a Rimac. Not that it's a bad design, but but I think it just kind of um, I don't know. I, I don't know if the color combination works for me, first of all. I and also it kind of blends into the other yeah. supercar yeah. category. It's to me that is that design is like if you were to see a supercar in a DMV driver's license booklet, that's what a supercar looks like. But Where I you know look at the Jamera, it's organic. It looks like something that's living. Yeah, and this car, yes, will be moving on shortly. But I f a lot of it is dictated by aerodynamics, of course. Very much so. This so, is all a form follows function. Thing. Yes. To get that kind of speed, to get that kind of, I mean, think about what this thing can do. Zero to 60 in under two seconds. That's very hard to manage, not just the aerodynamics, but keeping an electric car cool. Yes. That's where the design comes yeah. from. And of course, planted on the ground at higher speeds and all very that. Very much so. Speaking about higher speeds oh, and- Speaking of top speeds, I mean, that yes. thing, 412 kilometers an hour is, is top speed on that thing. That converts to like, what, 250-ish yeah, or something? Yeah, 250-something, yeah. It's crazy numbers. Well, now we're at the Nissan uh, Pavilion, and uh, they have a couple of uh, interesting cars here. Well, more than a couple. Well, I think we need to focus just on one. Yes, and it's probably this. Not, not that. Although, it's be hard but, not to focus on that one. But this, this is an updated 2024 Nissan GTR, um, and it's got a little bit of fresh style, so it's largely the same car as it was. And Since 2009. Yes, yes, it's been almost, what, 14 or 15 years. Yeah. And under the hood is still the 3.8 twin turbocharged V6. But you see how some of the details have changed. They got kind of new aerodynamic pieces, new fog lamp. Um, and a new grill design up here, and 600 horsepower on this one. In the Nismo. Yeah. And then there's the basic one that's still what? 565, 565. I actually love that color. It, it does work on this car. I I've, have to say, you know, a lot of people will crap on these, saying, oh, it's like a video game, blah, 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 whatever you want to call it. I am one of the few people that loves these cars, and I'll tell you why. There is something so natural about the way this thing delivers speed. Yeah, the transmission is very rough, but that's part of its personality. And a testament to all of this, this car came out in 2009, spanked everything in 2009. Here we are in 2023, it still spanks everything. Yeah, That it, is a it huge was, testament to I remember I met Roman and with CFL in 2011. Yeah. And uh, in 2012-ish time frame, we got one of these on loan from Nissan to do some uh, reviews with. Yeah. And it was like a dream come true, right? I mean, that car was that special. Still is. Um, and it's still quite special, yeah. When I drive these, I don't drive them very often, but when I drive these around Los Angeles, people still come out of the woodworks because they know what it is. They love it. There's this, the, the, there is an entire installed user base that looks up to these things. Granted, it's because of that one there and the two others that came before it. Those are now bona fide classics. Those are now hundred grand on up in the, in the US. People have realized, the market understands what those things are. And by the way, uh, this one, uh, I believe, yeah, I believe they announced pricing. So about 116,000 to start. And when you get the Nismo, the price just goes it's hugely like up. It's it? like 215. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? 215. It's also inflation, right? In 2009. 2009, you know, it was 85,000 dollars. Yes. 
but even the inflation should have taken it way above where it was, but I think... Well, it, most cars since 2009 have gone up about 30% in their base prices. So I guess that's true here as well. In the base one, that one, it's no. I think what they've done is they've made this a very limited production car, and as such, they're saying it takes a lot for us to do to make those, so why don't we make it special in pricing as well? Yeah. And I exclusive, think, right? Well, I, I, if I'm really reading the tea leaves correctly, it's their way to kind of artificial limit supply, because that one's a pain in the ass to make. It's got the carbon fiber hood, it's got more carbon fiber bits on it. All right, so now we have seen some truly living classics. And this is the T-Spec, which is a new trim on this car. Yeah, T-Spec. Oh, by the way, I noticed this. Is this, uh, it looked three-dimensional to me. You know, you should have that at your house in your living room. It would, it would be fit perfectly. A, a three-dimensional shelf. Yeah. That's not three-dimensional. But with steering wheels, with GTR steering wheels on. Yeah. Okay, so, so where are we going now? Should we, we need to take another pause. Oh, you, there's a be very specific reason why. Yes, because what so, something has to do with this upper car here. Just a little bit to do with this. Yes. We're going to actually take this and we're going to multiply it. <laughs> All right, so let's take a break, and in just a moment, uh, we'll be somewhere else. Snap fingers, we're downstairs at the show. Behold. And what do we have here? We have modern-day classics. So this Insane. whole, so a little bit behind the scenes, I think most people understand, auto shows have changed in relevance over the years. So where this hall used to be nothing but trucks, new trucks. So like Ram would be down yeah. here, GMC would be down here. Now everybody's got either smaller displays or, or they're or not, not doing displays. Or not here, Like yeah. BMW, Porsche, Mercedes, all not here. So they've got to fill the space somehow. Here, really interesting way of doing it. So we've got a lovely Countach, that's like mid 80s. Uh, 5000, then you've got a 500E, they always love these cars. These are now bona fide classics, especially some of the early ones. Yeah. These were a collaboration between Mercedes AMG and Porsche. The cars were actually built by Porsche. It's a and 5 look, liter is V8. Is this a Stratos? This is a Stratos. Wow. So if you look at this thing, one of the most exquisite body designs ever, it was a very winning rally car. So much so now, it's got such history, they actually reimagine these cars where you can buy effectively a copy, like you can buy Cobra copies, you can buy one of these as a copy. Look at um, the windshield, that's just isn't insane. That incredible? Just it's incredible. like an airplane almost. It literally is. Yes. Now, funny thing, look at the windshield again. Yeah. This was, so we talked about Luke, your friend Luke, who was your biggest fan. Yes, yes. This was the inspiration for the EV6. If you look at the daylight opening of the EV6, uh -huh threw into the windshield, this is where they pulled the inspiration from the Stratos. Then, come on where, over here. Where do we go from here? Apparently, they have a ton of other cars. Notice I said, not new cars and not classics when I tease this. So here we've like got- this. This I would call a modern day collectible. I wouldn't call this a, uh, a classic. Yes. These are starting to be coveted by, by collectors because they know what it is. They're not gonna um, make a rotary, at least um, a rotary that's gonna be only internal combustion. Um, uh, Mazda has talked about bringing a rotary as a generator right. for the MX-30, which they do in Europe, but in a sports car like this, they're not gonna do R it anymore. RX-8. RX-8, yes. so this is the one that had the barn door in the back. Granted, it's not as coveted like my, I had an FC RX-7, which was magnificent. The FD, which was uh, 
a, a car, it was delicate, it was troublesome, but magnificent to drive and achingly beautiful, and as such, the market now realizes what they're worth. Then, if that were not enough, rows and rows and rows <laughs> of Supras. So this, oh, speaking of FDRX7, granted, this one's got the weirdo body kit. I'm not a fan of the body kit of the, on these things well, because this is like these a, cars are so beautiful. Yeah, but the Supra is like a Fast and Furious drag the car, whole, right? This whole display is a car club here in New York. I got to tell you, I am, I am very impressed how they put this together because this is what people, I don't say not everybody, but there is a growing uh, group of car enthusiasts that yeah. covet these cars, so why not get them together at a classic car show? Yeah. They're not technically classics, although I would argue a Supra that has not been molested, that's still stock, these, one of these at Scottsdale went for $180,000. Yeah. Think about it, this car new was $43,000 in 1993. A lot of it is the engine, right? The 2JZ. Not really, a lot no? of it is just the movie. These, frankly, really? weren't that, they're not that great to drive. They're not the fastest cars in the world. No, but the engine is legendary. It is, it's but it's, JZ. is it worth $180,000? I don't know, to somebody, I guess, it, now it, it, it is. The, I'm not saying the car was bad, because I, I love Supras, I owned a Supra. So don't take it that I'm shitting on Supras. I don't know if Roman allowed me to say that. Uh -huh. um, <clears throat> it's the combination of the car plus the movie that made it, that brought it to prominence, as well as these, Sylvia's. And yes, a lot of the wheels and kind of stance on these cars are kind of unique, but the bodies look usually kind of like untouched, right? And really perfect paint jobs. And just, that's what I love. I love that. Now this is something I didn't expect to see here. <laughs> a CTSV sedan. Yes. Granted, this one's got the funky wheels and the body yeah. kit. I personally like these again stock. Fantastic car. Let's get past okay, this group let's, of very let's loud move people. Past here. Another test track down here. Yep. This time so, with different cars. So not just Hyundai's, this is like all the different brands that do the EVs. All the electric car cars. And then, oh, just as an aside, Zach, show them that BMW there, so to back to new cars for a minute. That's the BMW i4 E-Drive 40. So that's the crappy one. That's the two-wheel drive, that's the cheap one, if you consider that a cheap car. But that is the fun one to drive. That one is so much more fun to drive than the M50, because that's the only electric car today that you can steer with your right foot. Let's press on over here. Lexus SC400. So this is literally a cornucopia of 80s to 90s to early 2000s, now somewhat collectible cars. Yes. So I think the trick would be like right now, what is the next generation of those kind of collectible cars, right? Because it's not that long ago, like 20 years ago. Wow, look this at this car. guy. He put the mural of the Twin Towers. Yeah. That's awesome. That's Love incredible. the mural and, with and the Twin Towers. And hip hop, towers. yes. <clears throat> um, yeah, so that's kind of the key. I think the, um, the 86 from Toyota might be in there. Oh, without a doubt. Right, 86 currently. from Toyota, I would say the Civic Type R definitively the GR Corolla. Yeah. I would argue the GR Corolla Marizo probably is already there. Because yes. they only made 200 of them. Yeah. So if you got one, don't sell it. This, one of the most fun cars to drive. 
This is the original Toyota 86, and this one has the funky seats that you actually know they did. These are, they somewhat changed the seats on this one, but this one you could have gotten the, the funky seats from Toyota that, that were from the Supra mm -hmm. in this car from the factory. Wow, these are gorgeous. Oh, <laughs> including the carbon fiber front end on this one. Actually, here, here are the seats you could have gotten from the factory. So these, these have the JDM seats and these have the seats that were the US seats. Super fun car to drive. They even made the, uh, like a longer version that was a hatchback two-door. They didn't make a fancy one. They didn't make like the sport version, but it was such a cool looking design. A 510, this is a bona fide classic. Uh, Peter yes. Brock made these things into proper it's, it's, race cars. I think especially in this color. Oh, beautiful also. color. These the Datsun. spanked Alphas and BMWs back in the days. They went toe-to-toe -to -toe with BMW 2002s on sports car racing, and these cars won. And then check this out. Little Mazda, an R... I, I didn't RX2. even recognize it. I wasn't sure what that was. Yeah, little so that's, that was an economy car for Mazda. You can imagine, did not work out so well with rotary. And then we get into an FB RX-7. So this is the first RX-7. They came out with these in 79. Super light, good amount of power in this car. And it's got like almost drag radials in the back. I mean, yeah. it's also probably non-stock yeah. underneath. From a design perspective, I prefer the FC, which is the 86. This, this one came out, as I said, in 79. Which, which one do you prefer? Oh gosh. It's so hard to tell because, you know, I was a, a young man in the 90s, yeah. right? And this is kind of my era as yeah. well, so. And then show them this uh, Acura, Zach. Talk about collectible classics or what's gonna be the next thing. One of these, a yellow Type R that was perfect. Like it was perfect. Came out of a stunning collection in Chicago that's like Can-Am cars and like one of one type cars. As a matter of fact, they have a uh, BMW M3 with 10 miles on it, an E30 M3 with 10 miles in that mm -hmm. collection. And we came out of that collection, this car sold, not, not this one here, but one like it, yeah. in much better condition, $154,000. Yeah. Can you believe that? Now Actually, take it to the other side. Really quickly, um, the S2000 is, I've driven one of these. Yeah, great car. Love it. Love it. Even though high revving, yeah. but you kind of get in the mood, right? You get oh, in that mood. That's the fun part about yes. the high revving. Yes. I, don't, I never like the way they look, but they drive magnificent. And they, they have a transmission that, in terms of shift action, it rivals the Miata. Then we have I, a whole line of cars that's right up your alley. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to bring this up because uh, I, I would consider myself a West Coaster, even though I live in De near Denver, Colorado. So maybe you should get this lowrider. <laughs> Hang out in the 64. <laughs> Well, not that much of a West Coaster, yeah. but but the great thing about the West Coast, Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, yeah. it's a lot of open land, right? Uh, public land, uh, but to see kind of the East Coast where there's a little bit less, yeah. a lot less of public land, um, see East Coast off-roaders is also pretty cool. I love that passion that transcends, yeah. transcends not just one region, but every region. This is the thing Roman would love. This is Cayenne here with the off-road yeah. wheels and everything. Yeah, I think, yeah, Roman tried to build one of these himself. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I've seen these lifted even higher, even higher than this. Um, of course, the Forerunner, 
but the Land Cruiser, Land yes. Cruiser magnificent. 80 series. What are these in value? What are these selling for now? Not like this, but like if you were to just get a stock one. You know, they're hard to find because a lot of them are modified, right? Yeah. So that's what brings the value a little bit higher on some of these 80 series because a lot of them have lifts, suspensions, uh, and, and et cetera. So, and let's not forget Nathan's favorite. <laughs> Where is Nathan? Nathan is hiding under a rock right now. Look. Literally, there Utah. he is. Yes. This is Nathan right here. That's where <laughs> Nathan is. Uh, 2002 Montero with a, with a giant camping Do setup. Do you realize while we're here looking at Mitsubishi's, crappy old Mitsubishi's, he's driving fancy Mybox. Did you know that? Right no. now, as we speak, what? How we're does looking that make at a Mitsubishi. How does that make sense? It makes no, we are living in the alternate universe. <laughs> Wow. And also, you know, this is Easter Jeep Safari time. So yes. Jeep has a big event out, out there as well in Utah. And so I do have to, to, to give Nathan some props here. I give him a lot of crap about Mitsubishi's, but he actually, he and I did an episode where we talked about the history of Mitsubishi and what they, like some of the technological innovation. Even I have to admit, back in the day, incredible technological yeah. innovation. And Just where they are now. Where and are they there now? were in the, the car racing as well. And Unbelievable yes. stuff but now they're just kind of gussied up rogues. So, yeah, I can see there's a, still a lot of passion. I think a lot of these have either New Jersey or New York plates. The, so these are actually East Coast vehicles. Yeah. yeah. So these guys are taking them to Vermont probably, going up there in the winter. Fantastic that they've put, I really, Mark Scheinberg who runs the show, yeah. I really take my hat off to him for what he's done here in bringing, filling up the space, basically taking a challenge head on that you don't have enough customers for your space, so what do you do with it? He brought the enthusiast group in. Actually, that brings up a good point. Let's, let's give these guys a question before yeah. we close out. Yeah. So auto shows are changing. What kind of stuff would you want to see in an auto show? Right. Enthusiast groups like this, test tracks, Funnel cake, I don't know. Andre, do you want to see Andre? Deep at the fried show? butter. Um, is that a big thing in Russia? No. <laughs> or Nathan, do you want to deep, see Nathan at deep the Deep fried show? borscht? Oh, yes, deep fried borscht. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. So, what do you want thing. to see at auto shows now that they're changing and yeah. are they still relevant to you? Right, and here's the thing somebody was telling me yesterday, oh, the auto show is dead, completely gone. I disagree. Totally. Uh, because, yes, there's some events before the show, like, you know, Genesis was doing an event and some other manufacturers did events. But in the very end, um, it's stuff like this. Like, my dad is Absolutely. looking to buy a car right now yeah. in Denver. He doesn't want to go to a dealership, you know, and kind of deal with no the sales, sales process. Exactly. He can come here and yeah. test, you know, ride in many cars, sit in anything, and look at some classic or collectible machinery as well. This so. was a genius thing that they did, and I would argue it was really Chicago and Jeep that started doing this, like the whole Jeep. Well, what do they call Camp it? Jeep. The Camp Jeep yeah. thing that to do with the auto shows. And the, the Chicago auto show was like, we should steal this idea. So they did the indoor test track with, with the Chryslers. Yes. And then they brought in Mercedes one year and they had the G-Wagon experience. And now you're seeing it every car show because you don't have to worry about emissions. Yeah. So let us know what you think. You know, what other things would you like to see? Yes. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm sorry that Roman or Nathan or Tommy won here. But I think we had a good time. No, 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 you're, you're the pillar of our auto show coverage. I think this is our third or fourth time doing this together. We've done LA, Chicago, and now New York.
Well, why, why don't we keep going? Let's keep going. All right. Thank you for having me. Thank I really you. enjoyed thank this. You. And thank you for coming to my hometown. So, Motorman TV, right? Motorman, Motorman TV, all one word on all the socials. Yes. And, of course, oldtfelt.com. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.